Antonium 2 podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Antony. My co-host over here, Mr. J.K. Heath. This is pretty much where we are going to be covering esports personalities, gaming industry-related news, new and upcoming games, and technology innovation for this week. And I think we're on what? Like week... Jeez, I don't even know. We're on February 16th right now, the time of recording. And uh, what we like to do is just get a quick rundown of um, what have we been up with? What, what are the updates? I know you've been playing new games, Kyle. Specifically, oh, Hogwarts Legacy. Have I? But Stealing I want to hear. Thunder, I want to hear. Tell me what's going on. All right. Uh, this past week, I've been grinding Hogwarts Legacy. You heard Mike say it. Um, yeah, dude. I, I picked it. I. It was one of those games. You know, funny enough, I was kind of on the fence. I was like, you know, like I want to play it, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to spend that kind of money like on that game when I'm not like super into like the Harry Potter stuff. Um. But, you know, from what I read, it was like, you know, it's nothing really to do with the main characters. It's like, you know, set way before like the actual movies and whatnot and those characters. So, you know, it's a whole it's, you know, it's you're just stepping into a different story um, anyways. But yeah, I, I saw all that and like, um, you know, leading up to it, I heard reviews were actually pretty decent. So I was like, all right, yeah, let's let's give this a shot. But yeah, I've been enjoying it, dude. I've been uh, low key addicted, not going to lie, um, <laughs> playing like almost every day and. Um, at this yeah, point, I, ten hours in, um, yeah, dude, it's it's been a lot of fun, it's for sure. I heard so many good things about it. Like people are saying it's going to win game of the year. Like, I've yeah, been seeing, yeah, to... I've been seeing those conversations too. Um, they need to chill. That's what I'm saying. Dude, that's the thing. It's it, I definitely am not. I'm not going to sit here and say it's like, oh, this definitely could be game of the year. Like I just, I don't know. I I have doubts that it will be. I, I don't think it's going to be game of the year. Will it, would it be like a nominee? Maybe. Um, I can definitely see that. But like, I don't know. It depends on everything else goes. But we have a lot coming out this year between like Starfield and, you know, um, Atomic Hearts is coming out next week. I know that's like a huge like <laughs> game. Yeah. But I mean, it is. That looks pretty decent from what I've seen. Um, yeah, we have a lot of it. You know, Dead Island 2 is finally going to be a thing. We don't know like how that's going to be with all the delays and stuff. But I mean, there, I don't know. there's a lot of like AAA titles coming out this year. So. Who knows? But at least for right now, uh, Hogwarts Legacy has been a lot of fun. I'll definitely speak a little more about it and kind of give my like full fledged thoughts. Hopefully, at some point in today's show. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, and that's uh about all I've been playing. I don't think I've really uh, touched anything else. I've just been grinding that and just getting. It's just I don't know. It's addicting. It's it's an RPG, and I've been wanting an RPG for a while, and this is just yeah. fitting that bill perfectly for me. So um, I'm a, I'm on Cloud Nine right now. Literally, See? you're wearing the gear for the people that are just listening. This man's wearing a Cloud Nine <laughs> shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so dude, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I don't know, Mike. I know, uh, I know you've been playing some games too. But what's this? Uh, yes. What's the week been looking like for you? All right, so my week has been kind of busy, kind of hectic, right? So let's get started. Like, obviously, got a haircut, which is pretty sick. Um, hadn't had a haircut in about four months. So I, this is what my hairstyle used to be like forever. Um, so chopped off the long hair. That's good. But actual games, man, the new thing that I've been trying to do, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast last week or the week before, but I've soft modded my original Xbox, and I'm trying to upgrade the hard drive to it. Did I mention this at all? Yeah, I, think I, you I don't did. remember if I did. I remember, uh, I remember um, talking about messing with an Xbox. So. Yeah. yeah, so so I soft modded it, and I've changed all the things that you got to change to upgrade to... A larger hard drive because I want to do um, add a bunch of emulators. I want to add like the entire Xbox 
what's it called? Um, all the different games that they have, the Xbox library, onto the games or onto the hard drive. But the problem is, like, my Xbox power supply is kind of chalked and doesn't work properly. So I got to figure oh. out a way to do it on the PC first, and then move it over. And I think there's a way. I think I found out today that there's a way. Um, so I'm pretty excited to get to that. I've been playing a little bit of Halo 2. I've been playing Halo Infinite, which is came out with an update yesterday, which I feel has broken the game. The team that I was coaching for HCS uh, imploded, <laughs> to say the least. And I'm to the point where I was just like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll just like, I'll stop coaching. I'll start competing. I mean, Charlotte's likely going to be my last HCS event. And uh, I get on the game. It crashed like three times in a row. Um, my screen is like going to black randomly and like tabbing me out of the game because my GPU is spiking to 100% just randomly as well. Hmm. It's like it gets really sluggish in like certain instances of the game. And then I can tell like maybe five seconds later, all black tab out. And, that is uh, so odd, man. Yeah, it oh. happened. <laughs> excuse me. It happened a few times. And I basically was like, all right, well, Alt F4 out of that. And then moved over and went to Halo 2 for a little bit. Um, the big thing that I need to report on is I've been using the PlayStation 5 Edge controller. Big yes, fan. Sir. Big fan. Um, okay, the, the joysticks are really, really good. Responsive. Very precise. There's not like I don't think there's any any stick drift at all, which is good because they're also like modular sticks. You can take them out and replace them. Yeah. And the buttons on the back, they're like in a really good position. I, I'm used to the Thrustmaster, and for people that like think that controller's a meme, it's like <laughs> it, it's a really good um, analog styled and also modular gamepad. And it has four buttons on the back, and I'm used to the four buttons. Unfortunately, the PS5 really only has two back buttons. They have like paddles and these like little switches that you can like put on there in place of the paddles. It's really cool. It's really comfortable. Um, they do, I gotta say, they do have two buttons underneath the joysticks, like on the front facing. If that makes sense. Like, mm. they're not bad. They're a good controller. Uh, I'm pretty pleased with it. They updated a couple of different apps that let me program it on the PC without needing a PlayStation which I don't own a PlayStation. So that was very, very nice to know. <laughs> yeah. I can use like a couple of apps from Steam. I think I had to pay $5 for DSX. So that was pretty cool. Um, what else have I been on? Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I've had going on recently. I did find out something that's worth mentioning for the podcast and I want to do some research on is you know how uh, joysticks work on controllers? Yes. They're like piezoelectric materials or uh, what are they called? You might know the term, but it's basically like when the joystick moves a certain way, it, it's a resistor. So when the voltages change because you're literally bending the resistors while moving the joysticks, it's like a mechanical kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's pretty archaic. It's been a system that's been in use forever. Um, but I found a new controller by 8-bit and also, some name of a company I can't really say right now, they use magnets, which means that there's no stick drift whatsoever. Like, hey, ever, ever. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at that as a possible option. They're apparently perfect for people that on the Nintendo Switch because stick drift is really, really bad on the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So I'll find a, I actually know the name. Hold on. 
it's in a recent DM. So if anybody's actually interested and wants to look this up, it is called the Gilly Kit King Kong 2 Pro. And they use electromagnetic sticks for the joysticks. And there's no stick drift whatsoever. It works with your PC and it works with a Nintendo Switch. So that's pretty cool to see. And also Itbit Do has like a pro controller that does the same thing. So for people that use game pads and controllers, that's something I learned literally today, like two hours ago. So, <laughs> interesting, yeah. interesting. I mean... But I'll stop rambling. Yeah. That's I think, what I've been up to. I think it makes sense, though. Like, I was just thinking about how, like, you know, magnets would work and like, a controller like that. But it makes sense how it just would eliminate stick drift, right? Because, I mean, those magnets, that that's just going to be, like, a constant, like, just... <laughs> yeah. It's just hung there. So that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's like a fixed point that's always going to work. Yeah. Sounds um, like it. Yeah. I found some nutty stuff on AliExpress, dude. My <laughs> goodness. I'll have, have to tell you about on, later. I haven't shopped on there in <laughs> ages. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, though. For sure. For sure. So, um, what what have we found for the news? I know there were some big announcements this week. There were some big um, announcements. There was one that happened today that we'll talk about, and that's the top story probably, so we'll get to that later yeah, anyway. Um, but we're going to start off with some news on cons, specifically TwitchCon. Um, he found out about this uh, today as well. So, um, I mean, there's it's a pretty short article. Like that's If you're watching the video version, this is literally the whole thing, <laughs> just like this thing yeah, right here. It's, but it's short and sweet. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot to talk about, I think, um, and that is that uh, TwitchCon is switching their locations for 2023. Uh, for the first time ever, France is going to be hosting a TwitchCon Paris um, in July, July 8th through 9th. And then uh, North America, TwitchCon is no longer, I think it was at San Diego originally, or it was like always it around was, that area. Or like Anaheim or something. Yeah. Um, but now it is heading to Vegas. <laughs> it's like a debut in Vegas this year. I guess like kind of the CES vibes. I think CES is Vegas. Um, but yeah, that's from the 20th to the 22nd of October is when that event's happening. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, your typical TwitchCon, you know, you got, it says an epic celebration of streamers, games, chatters, mods, cosplayers, communities, and more that bring us all together. It's a weekend filled with awesome live performances, esports showdowns, official streamer meet and greet sessions, artists showcasing their creations, and since it's all happening live and in person, plenty of surprises along the way. Only, yeah, I mean, also at TwitchCon, there's normally announcements about upcoming features for the platform and stuff like that, and normally that's like the huge grandiose stage. They do like the huge announcements for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always parties there. I think uh, I will always remember... <laughs> May have been like 20, 2018 or twenty nineteen. Blink one eighty two played there. You know, one of my uh, <laughs> one of my favorite bands. So you know, didn't go sadly, but uh, you know, they they have artists like that that play there. So um, yeah, it's it, it's a whole thing. But I think it's interesting that they're going to Vegas, and I feel like I've noticed. Yeah, I noticed Vegas is getting a lot of love, especially over the past uh, <laughs> past like few years. It seems like not only in this space. But also in like sports and you know just yeah. you know tech and all that like it's been getting a there's been a lot of stuff moving to the Vegas area, um, which I think makes sense because it is Vegas. You know how much revenue they between gambling and everything that they accumulate every year, and it makes sense that you know uh, more things will want to go there. So um, I mean I don't know. But what do you think about what do you think about a bunch of gamers going to going to Las Vegas, Mike? I mean, cause to me this is like it sounds exciting. Um, I don't know if I actually end up going. Probably not, but I mean, I think, uh, 
I mean, Vegas is always a good time, though, I think, if uh, you're responsible, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, you don't, like, Vegas is so big now, and there's so many things going on in Vegas that you don't have to gamble to have a good time. It's true. Like, there's, there's shows almost every single night. They have tons of good restaurants if you're into food. It's like, most of the stuff that you're going to be doing, uh, like, you're going to be doing all inside the casinos, but the casinos have their own set of entertainment that you don't need to actually gamble at. Yeah, which is very true. nice. Um, I do think it's very interesting that they're choosing to go to Vegas only for the fact that Twitch has been very anti-gambling on their platform <laughs> the last That's year. That's actually and a solid like, point, yeah. Like, why, why are we doing this? I mean, yeah. I understand why they picked Vegas, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, Vegas is popping right now. Yeah. Like, you mentioned we had an NFL team that moved there yeah. recently. There was, like, conferences have been going on in Vegas for the longest time. Like, all in all these different industries. So, it's not that big of a deal that it's, like, TwitchCon going there. But it's also kind of a big deal because Twitch is supposed to be anti-gambling. Yeah. It's a very solid point. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, there's, like, I mean, also in Vegas is where, like, most, most like, residencies are for artists. So, like, there's just, you know, artists that'll take up one exactly. place for a little while and just play there every day. And, like, DJs and stuff. It's great for music. But yeah, it is it is very odd, right? Because they just recently had the policy changes for gambling and not you know, pretty much banning it for the most part, other than like poker and yep. some other stuff. So yeah, it's kind of ironic, and it's something I yeah didn't initially realize. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a little odd, but but I mean, I think overall, I mean, you know, more stuff in Vegas, like cool, you know, there's there's tons of stuff to do there. That's uh, not just TwitchCon as well, which is like you know, I I think when you go to a city like that. It's like for me, it's like if I go to a city like that, it's like I don't know if I'm I know I don't know if I'd be at TwitchCon all three days. I'd probably be like, you know, <laughs> doing some other Facts. things, you know, yeah. like head to head to the casino or like trying to see who is in town, like for shows and stuff like that. Um That's a, yeah. that's a good point. Like Vegas is a it's like a top tier place to go visit in the world. Yeah. Same thing with Paris. Right. So yeah. it, it kind of makes you wonder like if I'm going to Paris as an American, I'm not just going to TwitchCon. Yeah, yeah, definitely there's, not. There's there's no shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good yeah. point too. I mean, yeah, dude, I'm I'm trying to see the Eiffel Tower and whatever you know, the the city of well, this is city, city of Rome, the catacombs, dude. Yeah, right. Like, go sit, go like to all the museums. Go go have some good food. You know, yeah, there are dude. different options you can do. And if you're in Vegas, I mean, you got to be doing stuff like that as well. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing with like why sure. Orlando is such a popular place. They have so many amusement parks there, but they also have like the infrastructure for all the convention centers yeah and like having events is perfect for it so i'm sure vegas was a cheap option especially in october yeah so at the end of october at that there's a pool parties people are going out there just to enjoy the weather you know <laughs> yeah. probably, probably to escape it if you're yeah. up in canada or something real cold yeah but it starts to get chilly and so and like if there's if there's one thing that's going to come out of this it is that this is probably going to be some of the best IRL content we've ever seen on the Twitch oh, platform, I feel like. <laughs> well, not necessarily true. That's a good point, because you can't film on the floor if you're at the, if it's you're true. gambling. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that. Like, casinos and stuff, obviously, like, you know, if you're at yeah. a table or something, you can't have anything like that out. So, no, and that, that's you, part you of the... stand back. See, that's part of the thing of, like, if people... There's going to be probably people that don't like do the research or don't know that oh, <laughs> so there's gonna be, yeah. it's, it's gonna be people getting thrown out and stuff now that is also content my friend um that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah dude yeah it, it's gonna be interesting to see uh see uh how how people fare but yeah 
Um, I don't know if there, if there was any like I I would much rather go to Vegas than like probably Cali. Like <laughs> that's just me though. So I can imagine Same. there's probably a ton of people that are gonna be like, well, you know, uh, it's not in Cali this year, so I might as well go <laughs> kind of thing, or might as well check this out if they've never been. So it's more centralized, I think, and you have more options for flights. Yeah, that's for and, sure. And you don't have to deal with that level of traffic, man. Like California traffic is <laughs> so very level. true. Dude, I mean, you're in a desert, right? You ain't going many Gosh. other places. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool, cool. cool thing about Vegas that I, uh, I learned probably in the last year um, Vegas is one of the most uh, water efficient cities on the planet. Like, everything, every bit of water that they use, they use to the full capacity of it and they recycle it all the time. So they actually like save a ton of water. And you would think all those fountains and everything out there yeah. and like people watering lawns, it's like most of the lawns are fake. They're not really watering it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like fake grass. Yeah. It's like yeah, turf. It's actually, <laughs> it's like really nuts how, how much water they don't waste um, um, to be put up on that list. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So it's a, it's a wondrous place, isn't it? Like, you know, just so many different ins and outs. And, yeah. It is, man. You gotta get out there and see some shows if you're going, though. (laughs) True, you have to. You have to. I know we got a uh, something that might be kind of downhill, Michael. Just a little bit. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so this next article is coming from the Video Game Chronicles, which we have covered several times. And we butcher this man's name every time. Have you noticed this? Uh, Chris Scullion? Is it Chris Scullion? Yeah. So this article is titled Multiverse's Daily Peak. Steam player count has dropped more than 99% since launch. The game dropped below a daily peak of 1,000 players for the first time this week. Dude, I didn't know it was that low. Dude. That's nuts. Oh, Oh my goodness. All right, so let's get into it. The game enjoyed an extremely successful launch with a peak of more than 143,000 players on Steam on day one, rising up to 153,433 the following day. A month after its launch, Warner Brothers stated that over 20 million people had already downloaded and played the game, suggesting a strong player base uh, to build on. Since then, however, the daily peak player count has been steadily dropping to the extent that this week it dipped below 1,000 for the first time. So, hitting 986 on Monday. Dude... This marks a daily drop player count of 99.3574% in less than seven months. This man pulled out a calculator and he typed that out. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, um, Multiverse is basically a, a style of, would you call it a platformer fighting, fighting game? Oh yeah, Probably, definitely right? call it that. Platformer, yeah. platformer fighting game that is very similar to something like Super Smash Bros., but they have characters from multiple different universes. So you got like Rick and Morty, Gizmo, Stripe, Black Adam. You can play as Scooby-Doo and <laughs> Shaggy, a Superman. Like it's all over the place. It kind of reminds people of Brawlhalla. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense skill game. Um, are you surprised that the game has fallen down that much below a thousand? I mean, below a thousand, yeah. Not like that's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, I like, if you would have asked me, like, without knowing this, like, 
what what the average player count of like multiverses was, I'd be like, oh, I mean, you know, probably at least like ten thousand, <laughs> like right, like surely, right at that. But dude, he's dipping this low. I mean, it's crazy. It makes me wonder, you know, some of these all these games we're hearing about are sunsetting and getting canceled and all that. It's like it makes you wonder, yeah. like, what were their player counts like? Was it something? Was it anything like multiverses where it's like you know it's it's just criminally low to the point where they can't really support it anymore? Um. But I mean, it did get a fighting game, but it seemed, I mean, it seemed for the most part, I mean, it popped off and they, they mentioned that, you know, when it first dropped, I mean, it was, it was, I saw it everywhere. And then, you know, <laughs> surely enough, after just, I guess a couple of months, it just kind of just went downhill. Um, I mean, we most, I mean, fighting games, it's, it's already, I feel like fighting games is already a market. Like, you know, you have like the smash and stuff like that, which is huge. And that's probably yeah. what takes a majority of it. I mean, you have like, you know, Tekken and Street Fighter and like, you know, Mortal Kombat, you have all these like different fighting games and there there's, it definitely is a saturated genre, but it's also, I, but like, you know, something like this, it's like, it, it's smart. Cause it's like, super, it's like smash where like you have all these recognizable characters and all these recognizable figures. So it's like, it brings in that draw for people who want to try and like, um, try and play as those characters. And I, it's like, it's the best opportunity for like a crossover style game as a fighting game. So yeah, and you know, I am, I'm definitely surprised that it's already, that it's only under, like it's not even pulling barely a thousand at like, you know, granted probably not peak hours, but still it's like definitely surprised. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. There's a couple of things to note too. And maybe you might know this. Did multiverses have drops on Twitch? That's a good question. I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't aware of any, but I don't think so. So one of the reasons why I asked that is because, yeah, so one of the reasons why I asked that is because remember how we covered last week how Harry Potter broke the record for most amount of people watching on Twitch? Yeah. What we didn't mention, and one of the things that I wasn't really aware of, is that Harry Potter had drops on Twitch. Yeah. And Harry Potter beat the record only slightly by Elden Ring, right? They beat Elden Ring slightly. And Elden Ring did not have drops. So it makes you wonder, if Elden Ring had drops, would it have gotten even more viewers? Because I'm remember, sure Valorant was. Yeah. was the previous holder of that. And I saw people like live streaming Valorant 24-7 for the drops and had like 200,000 people watching them. Yeah. You so know? I'm not even playing the game, just throwing yeah. up VODs. <laughs> yeah, just, just throwing up VODs the entire time. And it was like, it's weird, man. Yeah. Making but bank, see, too. And see, that, that's the crazy thing is with Valorant, it was a beta key for the game. Like, that's what it was originally like. That's why so many people were like on Twitch watching it. It's because like, oh, dude, this looks like a really good shooter. Like, I, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, a, it. it's a different, it's a different like tactical shooter, too. So it's like, I mean... And you know when you put that out in beta. Oh, by the way, if you watch Twitch streams, you could have a chance to win it. And then eventually they made it. They're like, okay, this is like, I think part of it too is like it was getting out of hand to the point of like, all right, people are just like abusing this like really hard, like streamers yeah. are. So they just eventually said, okay, if you watch a certain amount of hours, we'll give you the key no matter what. And then that kind of you know slowed it down. But but yeah, I mean the whole Twitch drop meta was insane. And then. You know, I mean, of course, Hogwarts Legacy, I saw there was, like, some cosmetic items, I think, that were available through um, drops. And... Yeah, yeah, I think I got it's... a pair of glasses or something, and I don't have the game yet. <laughs> it's got the code. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of stuff like that. 
I mean, Elden Ring surely would have. I mean, any game that offers drops, you it, there's you know there's no way it doesn't do well on Twitch because people just yeah. want anything that <laughs> game has to offer. And if you could sit there and just watch something, I mean, that's literally like free real estate. <laughs> Might as well just watch it just to get the item. Um, so yeah, drops are always cool, but I, I certainly think if Elden Ring would have had drops, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind, especially on Twitch, it would have like popped off, <laughs> and not yeah. like it didn't already, but you know, would have been way more. I think. Um, we think with like Cyberpunk too. I'm I'm trying to remember. Did Cyberpunk have drops? I can't remember. I feel like they didn't, but I don't. I mean, it's I still, don't think they did. Still did really no. well. <laughs> it's like one of the highest like few things. Yeah, because I think with Hogwarts Legacy out and like it doing so well on Twitch, there was like a huge thing of like you know having over it was like 1.2 million views or something like that. It would yeah. did better than Cyberpunk, and that was like the metric. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Um. I, I th getting back to multiverses here, um, I had to actually check. Is they say that multiverses direct competitor? Well, there's two things I should mention. Their direct competitor is Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla is free, so is multiverses, which wouldn't really prevent people to get on the game for the first time. I think one of the criticisms that they did have was they had a game monetization practice or system where if you wanted premium cosmetics, and in this article they actually show it is a premium cosmetic for Superman where he's basically plated in gold. That costs $15. I understand it's a free-to-play game, but I feel like some people play free-to-play games because they don't have money. So when they see that $15 like skin, they get a little bit upset. Like, you know, Fortnite's free-to-play too, and some of their skins are like less than 2 bucks, 2 or $3. Yeah. And the the idea is just to get as many people to spend two dollars as po like as much as possible, because two dollars is way easier entry point than fifteen. Yeah, you know. See, this is the thing. I think if you if they had a skin, and I never played the game, so I don't know if this already exists. If they had like a Clark Kent version of Superman, where it was like maybe like. The ripped, it's like Clark Kent outfit, ripped shirt. You see the S through like it, like something sick like that. That like had some, de like ha you you see like took time to do and had like you know a lot of nuance to it. If there was something like that, fifteen dollars, okay, definitely too expensive. But like, all right, like I can kind of like see why they would charge like a lot for that. But like, dude, if you're just slapping a gold like color on him, making his eyes yellow, like to me, that's just like. That should be like two dollars, <laughs> like, or like that should be like a challenge reward in the game or something like that. I feel like that shouldn't be fifteen dollars for a gold-plated Superman. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, I think there's there's a lot of games that do skins well. I think what, the thing about Fortnite, what I think justifies the price tag on some of their skins, is like you could tell that time and detail was put into the actual skin to you know make it look you know vastly different than anything else that's been on the market before. Which I been yeah. on the Val uh, not Valorant been on the Fortnite market before, which I think is you know part of that. I mean, there's I like, but I mean, speaking of Valorant, like Valorant, they do gun skins and gun collections where you can buy like skin collections and stuff on guns. But like, it's not only does do some of the skins actually change the way the gun visually looks, but it also adds like reload animations and different like you know pullout animations. There's a lot of stuff they add on to it that like justifies those higher price tags. Am I saying that? those price tags are justified though even with all that stuff i mean that's debatable but i mean sure the point is if you're gonna charge this kind of premium for something it better you better go above and beyond 
like you know the gamers or like the consumers expectation and i think that's where those games shine and where this is just like what are we doing that's, <laughs> that's a good point i did just so to piggyback off of that for five dollars more so twenty dollar skin I went ahead and found the other Superman variant. They have a Black Lantern variant, okay. which I'll actually... Let me send this to you so you can show people on stream. Check uh, your Discord DMs for that. It looks pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. It looks like an evil version of Superman that's been possessed by the Black Lantern. Obviously, a segment off of Green Lantern. And I think it's pretty fascinating. It looks pretty cool. The animation looks sick. But my man... 20 bucks. $20 for a skin, All you right. know what I mean? So Let's see if I can uh <laughs> just real quick. Widescreen it for the people. All right. So this is the $20 skin that Mr. Mad Mike yes. is referring to. Um You said this is tw yeah, $20. Um okay. I see this is definitely, there's definitely a lot more detail than the gold skin. Yes. Now, <laughs> it's is, hard to say. Is there right? no other way to like redeem this other than just paying $20? Uh, that's a good question. Um, the, I, I mean, assume if free to play games historically would tell me no shot. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, I, maybe they have a really good battle pass where if you grind long enough, you can actually get through it. Yeah. Um, that's actually a problem right now. They extended their current season two by, it's somewhere in this article, I literally just read it, and I think it was something like a, a month, possibly. Let me extend. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, they. I can't remember exactly where it was, but basically they extended the season two because people didn't finish all of their battle pass. And here, for reference, in Season 1, they released... Let's see. They released five new characters right. for the game. Season 2, they've only released one character. And that came out in November 15th. So that's a long time to not really come out with other characters. Here it is. Season three <laughs> was supposed to start yesterday, but developer player first games delayed it to March 31st. So they basically delayed it a month and a half, two months. Um, and they gave the reason that they want to give more people more time to complete their season two battle pass. So can I, can I say something real quick, Mike? Yeah, what's on your mind? So they said they need season two, they, they need all the people People complain they need more time for like season two, like to complete their battle pass. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. No, this is, this is my point. You know, there's a game currently out on the market called Halo Infinite that does battle passes. <laughs> They're way too long, but hear me out. You can go back and select the previous season to finish out the battle pass if you purchased it, and you're That's in the next point. season. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go into detail and explain why that is like, th that's really ironic considering how Halo Infinite's been. Regardless, though, like this is, yeah, we're talking Halo Infinite has this feature and they can't even implement like a, you know, a, <laughs> I, I want to say cross progression, it's not the right word, but like a backwards compatible progression. <laughs> like they can't even implement something like that. It's like, come on, man. I, but yeah, you describing that stuff, 
I now see why. It's it's crystal clear to me, Mike, you know? Well, to be fair, I think player first games is kind of indie. They might be indie devs. Yeah. Which you know, so they have I, a small studio, I guess. Whatever. But Yeah, I think I think they actually do. Um I I don't know, man, but where I'm at right now is it's kind of unfortunate. I actually never got a chance to play it. I think I got on Brawlhalla and got absolutely bopped. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> we need to start doing some research because I hate my man, I hate losing a game. So when I get like when I load in and I just get destroyed immediately, I'm like, all right, this is a game I have to study and I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I come back, sometimes I don't. Um <laughs> Overwatch, I got bopped. I studied. I came back. I'm kind of decent. League of Legends, I got bopped. I didn't do any research. I didn't come back. And that's where I stand. <laughs> hmm. I'm still a, uh, a, 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 I, I still, to this day, I've never played League of Legends. I'm trying to keep the streak alive, you know? I don't know if I'll ever jump on that game. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But... Dude, it's actually like a really cool game. I mean, and it is. There, there's a huge community. It still pulls numbers. And yeah, uh, I know. Just no interest, dude. I have Smite, you know? Why would I need League when I got Smite, baby? You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. I saw I, one of my friends was streaming Smite the other night, and it looked amazing. I need to get on that game. Telling you, it's but fun. I think we, I think it's time we, we should move on. We We've talked about multiverses for a while it. because this next topic I'm very excited for. I think it's the one that I linked. I was just like, yo, check this, this out. It is the one you linked. <laughs> I, I, I somehow missed it. Well, there are, Mike, get this, dude. There's five Lord of the Rings games launching oh in the next gosh, two man. years, 24 months. And oh, one, about them. one remains a mystery. Embracer Group, the company that now owns the rights to Lord of the Rings video games by way of its purchase of Middle Earth Enterprises, has confirmed that a total of five Lord of the Rings game Lord of the Rings video games will be released in the next two years. As part of Embracer's latest earnings briefing, the company said there are five titles in production with third-party partners that will be released in the next 24 months. The company did not name these titles outright, but they presumably include Lord of the Rings, Gollum of I don't know Lord of the Rings, so you're going to have to tell me what some of these names <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Return. Uh, di Didalek. Yeah, di Didalek. I'll say that. Lord, Lord of the Rings, Return of Moira from Free Range Games, EA's mobile game, Lord of the Rings, Heroes of Middle-Earth, um, and Wida's new title with GTA Company Take-Two. Very interesting stuff. Uh, there are four Lord of the Rings video games in development that we know about. A fifth could be rumored a console port of Lord of the Rings Online, or it could be a, <clears throat> a different title that hasn't been announced yet. Embracer's post also stated only that these are new Lord of the Rings games in development from third-party developers. Whether or not Embracer has any new Lord of the Rings games in development from its network of internal studios is unknown. In any event, it's a good time to be a fan of Lord of the Rings and video games. Oh my gosh. It's crazy stuff, Mike, I must say. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I must say. Oh, wait, so I want to see what else here real quick. So it says, the first of the group to launch may be Lord of the Rings Gollum. Um, has been delayed numerous times already and is not scheduled to launch in April 2023 at the soonest. So they got some stuff closely in the pipeline. Um, But yeah. Dude, we got, we got some Lord of the Rings games in the uh, the pipeline, Mike. Which uh, I believe we've discussed before, but I'll just I'll out myself real quick. Still have not seen Lord of the Rings movies, but uh, yeah, I feel like out, I man. feel like that's got to change, especially before these games come out. 
Um, so I got a little bit of time, but not much. What do you think about all this, Mike? You know this stuff more than I do. All right, first and foremost, let me ask you this. Um, did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. Do So no Game of Thrones. You ever watch any Star Wars, I guess? Would probably be another big pop culture kind of event. You already know I watch Star Wars, baby. What kind of question okay. is that? All right. <laughs> You're going to... You really need to watch Lord of the Rings. And the reason why you need to watch Lord of the Rings are probably the two reasons that I'm going to compare them to Star Wars and Game of Thrones. And there's really no comparison. The reason I say that is Lord of the Rings amount of depth and all everything that's in the books and everything Tolkien, Tolkien has put together has been phenomenal. And it's probably some of the best writing in terms of like fantasy. Um, okay. In terms of like cultural impact. It's it's one of those things that I would recommend everybody plays or watches. It's it's like it's like not knowing any Queen or Michael Jackson songs. You got to know them Dang, at least like okay. a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. it's a cultural thing in the world where you need to know Lord of the Rings. That is where I fundamentally stand. So okay, in terms of five new games coming, man. Okay, this is what I want. There were games on the PlayStation and on the Xbox. They were called basically the remakes of the movies. Um, you had Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King was probably the best video game you can get for Lord of the Rings. There was the Two Towers as well. And most importantly, there was Shadow of Mordor, which was more of like an expansion off of the movies and the overall story. And dude, some of the stuff in those games are phenomenal. And also, it introduced me to... Uh, RTS games. I think, yeah, yeah, real-time strategy adaptation. They had the Battle of Middle-Earth, where you had all these different like factions of different species of human, dwarves, elves, and they were all fighting amongst each other on this overall map. It was like such a cool online game. Probably one of the best EA games I've played. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, okay. um, top tier. Definitely going to look into it. All that to basically say... There, there's a history, there's a proven track record, there's, there's an overall story and world that is begging for more games. And it would be a total missed opportunity. Like, you know how, like, the Knights of the Old Republic is super popular for Star Wars? Yeah. There should be one of those for, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, just to another level. Like, the, the depth in the history of Star Wars, the depth in the history of Game of Thrones is nothing compared to Lord of the Rings. Dang. That's where I'm at. So I think Embracer so, should hire you, like, just outright. That's hype, man. I, because, dude, nah, dude. you oh, say that, it's I mean, got me wanting to play, baby. Uh, dang. I mean, dude, you gotta, you gotta get on the movies. I'm sorry. It yeah. still holds up, man. I literally just watched it maybe every couple of months. Not every couple of months, sorry. A couple of months ago, every couple of years, I'll watch it. And a couple, of, yeah, a couple of months ago, I watched pretty much all of them all the way through again. I think it was on HBO or Netflix. I don't remember what platform, but binged it all the way through an entire week. Love it. Yeah, I, I can't get have enough a platform to. that has them or access to a platform that has them. So guaranteed. And when you start okay. learning the intricacies of the different characters, because each character has been alive for upwards of hundreds of years to a thousand years. So some characters are like, pretty much the elves are immortal. So there's so much depth that's there. And if 
I'm excited, man. I'm just excited. As you can tell, I'm geeking out. And I think anybody that knows Lord of the Rings should be excited or at least optimistic about what can possibly happen. Dang. I mean, I don't know if I have much else to add after that. I'm just, I'm excited now. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we're talking about different types of games here, obviously. There's like a mobile game. There's, but just seeing like these other, uh, I mean, just seeing these other titles, it just seems they, at least, you know, without knowing anything, just kind of at face value, it seems like they'd be like story games of some sort, which, you know, <laughs> count me in my, you know, give me a good story. I'm a sucker for them. So, um, I'm for sure down to check them out, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds like uh, I got some homework to do with the movies, though, just to get immersed in the world and uh, get me excited for these games that are to come. And hopefully there's some good games coming out of the Embracer group here. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Um, I was a little bit disappointed over Amazon's take of the Lord of the Rings franchise. I still watched it, but it was painful because I was watching that and watching House of the Dragon at the same time. So it was like... Good writing, good acting, good visuals, and then I come over and it's like, okay, writing, terrible visuals. I hate the acting oh, <laughs> over at Lord of the Rings. So, um, yeah, it's rough. Lord of the Rings of Power is what it was called. But yeah, man, uh, I I think it's looking good. I think this is something to be very optimistic about in terms of fantasy coming to video games. So. All right, you said it, dude. And mm-hmm. yeah, I leave the article with that. I don't have too much else to add. I'm just looking forward to uh, what could come of these, I think. And just, you know, hoping for some good Lord of the Rings games. Like you said, they need that. I feel like you need that staple game. You just don't really have it. So hopefully this is one of them. Uh, yeah, all the other games are kind of old. Like Shadow of Mordor is more of a single player game. And they they just need something a little bit more. A little bit more of an anchor. But let's go ahead and jump into the next article, which is something I know you picked out and you're excited for. I'm excited to see your take on it. So this article is from The Verge. It's by Jay Peters. It actually came out a handful of days ago. So the long-delayed Dead Island 2 is launching a week sooner. I'm calling Cap, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what we're here to talk about, Mike, because I have some takes on this as well. All right, let's get into it. So, the zombie slaying sequel will now be released April 21st. I I would not be surprised if it actually said April 1st, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. If you've been waiting for Dead Island 2, the zombie fighting game that was first announced in 2014, nine years ago, got trapped in development hell, emerged again in February 3rd, release date in June, and then was delayed in April 28th to April 28th. I have some good news. The game is actually going to come out a bit sooner. Dead Island 2 has gone gold. It will now be released a week earlier on April 21st. Deep Silver announced on Monday. Sheesh. So they basically went on. Deep Silver, the developer, went on and basically said, you asked for it, you got it. (laughs) And they went gold. It's coming out a week early. See you in Hella. LA because it's LA. Based. Oh yeah, yeah that's LA. right. LA, yeah, LA on April twenty first, twenty twenty three. So, how do you feel about it, man? Well, let's let's mention to the viewers real quick. It's going to be on Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, PS five, four, and PC with the uh, Epic Games. So, yeah, is it going to get delayed again? <sighs> I'm Move see, it up. Look, I'm, it I'm not so much worried about it getting delayed again. I am. 
I just have so many like concerns here because like for one, it's just like I feel like it's kind of like, like, a, a, I don't want to say backhanded compliment. That's not everything, but I feel like it's just kind of like a backhanded announcement of like, hey, we delayed it all the way to here, but since you gave us so much money, we're gonna just like take off a week of development that we probably could use or need that we may not even have needed in the first place if we're willing to take that back because I feel like this is a part of the plan, right? like all right well let's let's delay it to here but we really don't need this much time so like if the fans speak and they pre-order the game and they get us to a certain like milestone which honestly i mean this is the thing mike dead island 2 has been this has been an ongoing thing for so long it it was going to hit golden pre-orders it just was like there's no way it wasn't because this has been (laughs) it's been development hell for you know how many years now it was going to happen so I'm a little, like, it's a little almost, like, insulting to just be like, all right, here, we're delaying it here, but, like, they purposely gave this, like, padding to the <laughs> to the release window just so they could, you know, just take it back a little bit and do that. Like, don't get me wrong, we're getting the game a week sooner, but, like, if you've had so many issues with getting the game out, it's, like, just, like, stick to, I, I, and, like, my philosophy is just stick to a release date and do it. I mean, and and, like, we, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad game. There's been, we've seen games. I think Cyberpunk really put the whole industry into perspective of saying like, you can delay a game a bunch, but it could still release like crap. Hogwarts Legacy is the most recent iteration of, if you delay a game, delay a game two times, it, it like, Better be good. you can prove that <laughs> you can still make a solid product even after delaying it a lot, right? So yeah. that's kind of where I'm hoping Dead Island 2 is at. But like... I mean, I'm not, like, offended or anything. I just think it's, like, it's just so, like, just kind of weird energy to me to be like, hey, we made so much money, we're going to, like, take back a week of when we said it was going to come out. Um, Still excited for the game. Still going to play the game, of course, but just a little weird. I don't know. (laughs) That's my overall take. I think uh, my take is somewhat similar. It's, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded recently because of the Halo Infinite stuff. But during the development cycle of Halo Infinite, they they lost like three studio heads, brought in various different people from the old Bungie era games, and trying to like save face. And this is also a company that had a very bad track record of releasing unfinished products. And no matter what they said, I didn't fully believe them or trust them that they were going to be able to finish properly. And I think I'm I'm at the same level with Dead Island now. Not that it's going to launch as broken as Halo Infinite did, but just it, it's been nine years, man. And they reported it went through what, like three or four different studios, like developers, <laughs> not just, not uh, just like I, single people. It's like, it's literally switching companies multiple times. Um, I think there's still a market for the game. I, I kind of wish it didn't make gold. I, I don't know how you yeah. feel. I don't think. I think Dude. the the years of doing this like pre-order and signing up well in advance. I mean, you can't be doing that anymore. Not with AAA studios. Like they I'm, they just release broken crap. Oh, no, and they do it yeah. on purpose. And they're like, here here's a live action game, and then we'll update it once every five months, and then we'll give you a couple little trinkets of like good cosmetics. And by the way, we'll collab with a different developer to put it into a different game. It's like. That's not a live service, bro. That's just you not doing your job. <laughs> like, it's like, so true, man. Oh, dude, I don't know. There, it's 
obviously it's case by case. We can't predict how this game's going to turn out. Um, there's so many studios. I mean, it definitely doesn't help with this that this game has been flipped between so many studios. That's, that's but, the red flag for me, man. Right, but also at the same time, there's been games that have stayed within the same wheelhouse, stayed within the yeah. same thing, and they just can't get it right. And it's like... And you it, ain't wrong. It just depends. Like, there's no... I, as much as I hate to say it, I feel like there's no definitive way to tell if a game's gonna flop or not until like review week. <laughs> like that's like and like. But even then, man. Even but, then. But see, th- this is the thing. It, I don't advocate for pre-ordering, but like, but yeah. the only circumstances I really pre-order games is like, I'm talking like a couple days before it comes out, after I've read the reviews and after I see what people are saying. That's when I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'll pre-order at this point. This game is two months out and there's already, it's already gone gold. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's like, uh, cause you know, they're all in the studio. Like, cause, it, and I'm not saying this is who they are. Like, I'm not saying this is a, you know, not trying to talk bad on developers, but like there's, you know, you know, it kind of like boosh, it could boost your confidence. If you see like, Oh, this game we're working on, by the way, we haven't even put it out. It's already sold enough copies to get gold certified. Like we're chilling. Like, yeah. how much do we really have to put in in terms of testing and bug fixing? We don't know. Is that just more money they got to spend? Exactly. I mean, there's just. I mean, and that's the thing. It, in some cases, it could probably promote laziness. Not saying that's and not saying that's necessarily what's going on because we don't know what's going on at their studio. But it's uh, that's my my and it's gotten the industry has gotten to the point where that is where my head goes whenever I see these like, oh, our game is gold, but it's like three months out. That's where my head goes. It's like, okay, I hope they don't lose and like lose their way and get an ego and then it just ruins the launch. But <laughs> maybe I'm pessimistic. No, I, I don't think you're pessimistic. I think I, I think it's unfair to say maybe they've like lost motivation or or they think it's already a success when it hasn't right. fully been released. Yeah. Um but I think that might be a little unfair because people I feel like if you if you're working as a developer, good developers at least, and good designers and engineers, you're probably trying to do the best you possibly can because it's it's an artistic expression. So you don't want right. to. Nobody's going to be proud of trash unless like you just don't like the company you're working for and you don't like the people you're working underneath. That's like a different story. But I think you don't do this industry unless you enjoy it. You know. Yeah. So I I do think there there's just a big red flag. I I got to give them props though because skull and bones i don't think that game's ever coming out and those were both <laughs> announced around the same time and have both yeah. been going through the same level of hell so um the the final thought that i want to leave with on this my final take is if you move the deadline up a week that game better not have bugs because there's zero reason to move it forward if you can't deliver it's the thing dude you they i mean they have to deliver i mean it's yeah. okay to have a couple bugs here and there but if there's anything game breaking it's like you just have to you're shake gonna get around. clowned on yeah. you're gonna get clowned on like what are you doing yeah if 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 somebody gets the game like a, a reviewer whoever gets um gets the game earlier critic and they notice game breaking bugs it's like why didn't you use the extra week to try to fix it no. Why didn't you push it again? Like, what is it because you made your money and you know you can't finish a good product, so you're just gonna give us a broken beta? That's you know? the thing, dude. What? Heaven forbid. Worst case scenario, 
this gets delayed again, the circus is in town, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh it's just, it's just, the circus is in town, dude. Oh my god. I, I was, let's just, let's just talk about this real quick because this is kind of like a AAA studio doing this. Um, I, I was watching a couple of YouTube videos today and listening to them, podcasting and stuff. The breakdown between what AAA studios concentrate on and what indie devs concentrate on and what makes them fundamentally different. And all the best games that when we were like growing up or, like first generation games that were super successful and then became franchises and like AAA studios. The first game, if you look at it, it was like always a small team. They were an indie studio and they were chasing the fun. Like yep. they were doing whatever they could. It wasn't about the money. It was about creating something that they enjoyed and something that was fun to play. Think about that with literally any first game ever, like Halo yep. CE, Gears of War, Call of Duty, like, that's all that mattered. Elder Scrolls. And now, <laughs> uh, yeah, Elder Scrolls, yeah. Like, literally all of them. Red Dead Redemption, like, Grand Theft Auto. Like, like just the very first ones is what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, and as, like, what switched is, like, the AAA studio started concentrating on what can make them money to stay, like, employed, to, to meet metrics, to meet, like, global sales or whatever. Because they're a AAA studio that's backed by a developer or publisher that is on the stock market. Right. So, like, the motivations are different, and I think when I when I heard that said, I was just like, it's all like clicks immediately, right? It's like I think the only things worth trusting right now are like unironically like indie studios. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's there's still great AAA releases, but I think if we look at the really like the really great releases, I feel like are not like. Unfortunately, they're not like the Activisions or like those size of studios. It's like, you know, yeah. a AAA studio that's still relatively maintained, you know, in terms of like yeah. population. And, you know, because you know, I mean, you know I think case it, in point. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Last year, who won game of the year? Not Elden Ring, the one before. The one before. Hades. Or Hades. Hades. Yeah. That's an indie game. That, that's an indie developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, case in point right there, man. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I think about too, you know, God of War. That game was yes. they're spotless, but it's like Sony Santa Monica. It's like don't think it's a huge studio, which I think is comes to it has its advantage, right? Because they can just have have who they need and they just make a good game. And they tested it and made sure it was a complete package because there was like hardly any bugs in that game, which is very hard to do nowadays. So <laughs> it's like yeah, it's still possible. But yeah, I mean, I think the the larger studios in the AAA space, or it's, that's where I think. There's probably too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. It was like victims of their own success. Yeah. For sure, dude. For sure. Well, we have one more article, Mike. The top story. Top story of the week. This dropped on Thursday as we're recording this. Not breaking news, but you know what happened today? (laughs) YouTube CEO, Susan, the GOAT. Steps down after yeah. nine years at the helm. Employee home. number what? Seven? What'd she say in that Ludwig interview? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even remember. Um, she was employed like in, in the teens at the latest. Like, she yeah. was, she's there forever. Yeah, go ahead. Let's get into it. Let's figure out what's going on. I don't know how to spell Susan's last name. I'm sorry, Susan. We upload this Which... podcast to your platform, and I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. Anyway, or it used to be your platform. YouTube Susan 
YouTube CEO Susan is stepping down from her post. She announced in an email sent to employees that YouTube posted publicly on Thursday, today at the time of recording this. She's been with Google for nearly 25 years, but will be stepping back to start a new chapter focused on my family, health, and personal projects I'm passionate about. Um, Neil Mohan, currently YouTube's uh, chief product officer, will be taking over as head of the video streaming service. After serving as Google Senior Vice President of Display and Video Ads for many years, Mohan joined YouTube in 2015 and has been one of Susan's primary lieutenants ever since. Uh, according to Susan, Mohan played pivotal roles in the development of several YouTube products, including YouTube TV, YouTube Music, Premium, and Shorts, and also led the company's trust and safety team. Uh, in the near term, Susan will be supporting Mohan and assisting with the transition. Longer term, she'll, be hold, she'll hold a advisory role across Google and Alphabet. Uh, it'll, allow me to, it'll allow me to call on my different experiences over the years to offer counsel and guidance across Google and the portfolio of Alphabet companies. Um, her history with Google actually predates her official employment at the company. She rented out GarageSpace to founders <laughs> Sergey Brin and Larry Page in 1998. Uh, she officially started at Google in 1999. When Bryn and Page began building search engine and eventually helped encourage the company to buy YouTube in 2006. She became CEO of YouTube in 2014. A lot of history there at the uh, Google Alphabet um, company. But yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I got to hear your thoughts first, Mike. What do you think about all this? I mean, I think it's very unfortunate, but I think, uh, I don't think it's in malice, so to speak. I think there's, uh, it seems like a personal leave. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's definitely a personal leave. Like, she's been with Google for 25 years. That's a really long time. Yeah. And if if you're that high up, I mean, she hasn't had to work, I would say, in close to 10, really. Like, if you're <laughs> that, you rented out a space to the, the freaking founders, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you're... not soon. Yeah, I think, uh, and she's been CEO of YouTube since 2014. A lot of people don't know this, man. Like, see, like YouTube almost imploded a few years ago. <laughs> Straight up. And she was like a vital point for that being successful and being profitable. I don't exactly understand why. I, did you know that there are some people that are like, they, they don't like her at all? They like the changes she's made to YouTube? Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, with a, with a product like YouTube and as big as it is, yeah, you're going to get, it's going to be polarizing for sure. Um, that's true i think the big thing that i saw was like they don't like the the advertising they don't like the algorithm the youtube recommendations the shorts which is the weirdest one that i saw they don't like shorts um weird. yeah I, I don't know i think it's just like a, a different era of people maybe of what like youtube used to be youtube a long time ago was kind of wild it was like the it, wild was the west wild, it was the wild wild literally it was the wild yeah it, it was nuts um anything goes and when google bought youtube and implemented her as ceo it was basically like it became more of a a structured thing maybe you know what they could possibly be upset about is the copyright issues the yeah. the, the child content remember when like pretty much anything that was advertised to kids so like toy reviews like children's toy reviews would be advertised for kids and that became a big issue and like got flagged and became no more profitable i can understand people having animosity in that way but overall like the interviews i always saw with her she seemed very in touch understanding of her product and the content creators trying to implement and make things successful on youtube for content creators like 
they now monetize YouTube shorts. Like that interview, I don't know how anybody that's a content creator, and I've seen people on YouTube that are happy that she's leaving, or they can dislike her if they watch Ludwig's interview with her, where he basically like starts saying, I got some issues with YouTube live streaming, and he just starts listing everything, and then like some of the things she was just like, oh, I didn't know that. He goes, we'll have somebody get get on that. And then she stares at the camera of like, (laughs) (laughs) my employees are going to be watching this. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. It, yeah. was, it was like it's kind of cool, man. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I think it's like a, it's an era of change for her. It's probably good for her. Um, obviously a personal choice. No animosity. Doesn't yeah. seem like. But yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah it's. it's news, I mean, it is big news. I. I think at the end of the day, especially after seeing interviews with her, obviously you know everyone on camera is probably a little different than they are in real life. But from what I saw, um. From what, from what I saw in her interviews, I, I mean, any of these changes, whether it's due to, like any arguments against like ads and stuff like that, I think it's um, it's just the way. I, it's honestly just the way the industry kind of moved, and they realized like it, it was really brought to a forefront that like, like that apocalypse and all that stuff. I think it was going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> like it was there was I don't think there's any yeah. way around that because like if any company saw the ads, saw the videos that their ads were being pushed to, I mean. I'd, I'd be surprised if they weren't like this is a red flag why is it being shown on this so like seriously wouldn't um it doesn't surprise me in that regard um so i mean but i think most of the stuff like that it's it, it wasn't susan's fault it's just she's unfortunately it's unfortunate if you are the ceo if you are leading the helm a lot of the blame is going to get pushed onto you um i think for that's the most part point. um which i mean for some for certain companies i mean that's you know that probably is the case probably is the person to blame i know i mean there's been tons of people that have you know that have <laughs> had pushback against him at sheer twitch as ceo for rightful reasons i mean it's granted it's a smaller company so there's probably more justification to push on a ceo like that but i mean dude youtube is such a big it's such a big platform there's a lot going on it's google like there's yeah. you know i think there's a lot of different people that could be to blame <laughs> quote unquote for like what could be going on especially in the ad realm and all that i mean overall I mean, there's and granted, I know some creators are pissed off because they can't they can't make the content they want to make because you know it's you know it flags their videos as you know just not you know not a yeah, advertising yeah not brand friendly yeah. advertisable. So I understand that, um, but I mean you know it's for the people that are able to benefit from you know ads and all that. I mean YouTube has that stuff down to the point where you know if you make the right content, you do the right things. Like YouTube's gonna pay you, kind of thing. So yeah. and like you know, yeah, that's a good point. They they got a lot of money to give, especially in the advertising space. So there's money to be made. You may just have to change up your formula a little bit. But um, you know that that made me think. Like the one fair criticism that they can definitely get is they they make widespread decisions. Well, well, they make decisions that impact everybody on the platform, including people that are just watching, by changing the algorithm. And they don't tell you how the algorithm changes. I don't think they actually understand how the algorithm changes because it's more of like it's all based on artificial intelligence, so yeah. it's constantly changing. Right. Um. And the the next bit is like when they change the rules of service or like their the regulations, they'll just randomly be like, okay, you can't say this specific word anymore, and then all of a sudden, like your entire hundred past videos of ages ago are now flagged. Or taken yeah. down, and you'll get strike, or uh, people doing false strikes on copyright, claiming there's somebody else. I mean, those are 
those are real issues. Right. And yeah. I think only with time are they going to get better and get rid of that. But I do feel like, like they, there's so many things that her her team has done. Like, dude, just just one thing that they've done. I've rarely ever seen Twitch or a comparable. Nobody really compares to YouTube, but you know what I'm saying. They they have like you they have videos and breakdowns of how to properly advertise yourself, how to do correct videos, what's popular, how to create thumbnails. They like do everything one one for one of how you should do it. Now, granted, you can go learn it better from somebody else on YouTube, mm-hmm. but like YouTube, the company itself is like, hey, this is how we do things here. This is like this is the culture. This is what like what other program, what are whatever what other platform does that? Like, not yeah. many. Yeah, not many. I mean, the whole algorithm argument, there's, there's, the algorithms are so complex and so vast. And again, they probably involve like AI and these neural networks and whatnot. I mean, there's a lot involved with it. You're, no one's ever going to be able to determine what exactly needs to happen because there's just simply no way to. (laughs) Like it's an, I I genuinely think it's probably like mentally impossible. Um, Like there's, there's obviously certain things you could do to benefit your videos and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, that's a whole other argument, right? Um, Yes. But yeah, I think um, I'm curious to see. Uh, it seems like you know hiring within to the CEO is probably the right move. You know, they're just moving someone else up the chain, which I think is um the right way to go about it. And it seems like that person's been, you know, Mohan's been very involved, Neil Mohan, um, in a lot of the products that YouTube has created yeah. that have been very profitable for the platform over the recent years. Yeah, so <laughs> YouTube TV, music, premium, and shorts. Shorts is probably the biggest one. Yeah, for real. Um, He's been heavily involved, so I, I think YouTube's in good hands. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can only wish Susan the best because I know it's uh, it probably was a hard decision, but it seems like it was something that needed to be made. And she about to she about to do her own thing, kill it, you know. Yeah. Well, GGS. Honestly, had a great GGs, run. GGS. I wonder if she'll start her own project. I would imagine yeah. so. It'll be cool to see. It'll be really cool to see. Yeah, it will for real, man. Very, very cool, huh? Yeah. Well, I know that's all the articles we have for this week, is it not? It is. But sure. I know you need to tell us something about Hogwarts Legacy. I do. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Don't want to spend too much time on it. Just get my overall. I want to hear it, man. Overall impressions. Um, let me actually find. Uh, want to find the initial uh, <clears throat> the initial video I took. Um. You actually have receipts? Oh, yes. <laughs> you took sir. some videos of everything? Yeah. I, I know did. you've been recording again, which is always good to see. Yeah, you know, just record. I, I always, I don't know why. I feel like I can't not record my single player gameplay, even though I may, like, may or may not use it. I mean, I just like recording it. Yeah, as long as you have it, you never know. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I can pull that footage in the future if I ever, uh, it's like good content. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, let's see here. Just flip over. Uh, I want you to be able to see it too, if possible. Anyway. Um, oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah. So. Do they anyways. see it? <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, anyways, Hogwarts Legacy. I'm ten hours in. I just want to talk a little about the game. I'm really enjoying the game. Um, this is what I'm showing now is from the the character creation. Um, I tried to be as close to my look as I could. I mean, there's. Nice. I, I don't know. There's I'm way paler than that, but anyway, um, <laughs> tried to try to get as close as I could. Um, character customization, overall, I, I I liked it. I wish there was some more options. 
there it definitely isn't as complex as a lot of other games i think yeah fair. but you know um i think overall there's still a lot you can Do- customize dead space or it's not andromeda what game is it it's like some legendary game that has like a crazy customizable like options for facial features and stuff I don't know. Like you can make a one for one replication of your face. Yeah, for some reason kind Cyberpunk comes to mind, but I don't think it's Cyberpunk. Um But yeah, I mean, I'll try and skip ahead a little bit. Um just to like show some <laughs> show I I really want to show like uh I want to show combat. Let me see if I can no, that's not it. This one. So is um, there is there an overall villain that approaches this game that you have to defeat? Or is it mostly like a role-playing game where you're doing character growth and exploring it's and like little tasks here and there so it's mostly just a role-playing game of sorts i think there's um oh, i think there's some actually some good combat in this might have been the next one um this is mainly a role-playing game i don't think there's like to my knowledge it's not like an overall arching enemy like you're not like going after Voldemort or something um oh, no definitely not i know that this is like way 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 in the past right yeah so i mean there's gotcha. definitely like none of that um but uh, there is, um, yeah, this is it's pretty cool. So you can get your wand and stuff. Like you get you get all that pretty early on in the game. Um, there's a lot of options here, whether it's like the wood type of wood you use, um, the color of the wood and stuff like that. I don't know if I, I don't know enough about the Harry Potter universe to know like what wood would fit my personality, if that's a thing. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, the wand chooses you. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of wood types though. Like pretty much anything oh my gosh, you can think there of. Really is. Um, yeah, you could customize the length. Um, it's a lot about the wand you can customize, which is pretty dope. Um, yeah, and you may notice that sometimes my, I, I'm so I have, I have an ancient machine. All right, I have a, I have a <laughs> it's a Ryzen 1700X. It's a five year old, almost six year old processor at this point. 1080 Ti. I'm actually upgrading soon. Super excited about that. Um, oh but, yeah, but yeah. Um, so hopefully I may be able to get a little bit more out of my 1080 Ti, but I'm upgrading the CPU. I'm going to be upgrading the GPU in the future. So I'm very excited about that stuff. But at least from what I noticed, I mean, I'm on like, I think like a medium, medium-ish settings. That's kind of what I'm on. But um, I still yeah. was definitely dropping below 60 FPS in a lot of like high populated areas and in like certain combat sequences and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, that was something I did notice. Um, I mean, probably recording may not, it may have a little bit of an effect on performance, but um, but I mean, overall, I think it was something I did um, actually notice <laughs> that, um, that yeah, it was certainly not the uh, PC like definitely sluggish and stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I can see it a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see, I mean, it's just one of the combat sequences. I mean, combat in this game is super fun. I really enjoy it. I think there's a lot, to, there's a lot of spells to learn, and oh my gosh. you can get really creative of what you do and like throw stuff and like dodging is super important. and um yeah it's like it just it looks like a lot of fun so and trust me it is a lot of fun um so yeah i mean i really love combat there i something i enjoy i don't know how it's gonna fare late game if it's gonna get stale at all it hasn't gotten stale for me yet so yeah here's the hoping late game it doesn't fall off but um right now i'm enjoying that um yeah so this this was like the first because like you see the health bar this is almost like a it looks like a phase boss in a sense <laughs> like it's kind of just has like three different sections yeah. um but yeah, I mean this this is kind of the first like big boss battle, I guess, you really encounter. Um I've encountered only like one serious boss battle since. Um 
nothing nothing super challenging though if anything the only time i've found like it's been like smaller battles where i've had to like actually restart the fight a bunch of times because i just end up like getting like crapped on but I mean, it's it's kind of weird that I think it's ironic that like the huger battles I found actually like relatively easier to like get a hold of and figure out. Um, but yeah, I've certainly been challenged. Um, a lot of stuff. There, there was, I, there was one section where I was fighting a giant spider and it was like way ahead of me in level, and I kept, but like I was determined. I was like, I'm gonna beat this giant like spider because like <laughs> this, he's annoying. And so I went and so I like tried to beat him. I gave it like eight or nine attempts and then I actually just ran past it because I realized I could and I was like, dude, I can't. <laughs> like, I literally just like 200 level for this, I think. So, um, there was only one time where I seriously like gave up <laughs> a combat encounter. Um, but other than that, I mean, everything I've, it's been, I, I've been wanting to engage in more, uh, in more like, I don't know why this is like acting like that. Windows player is weird. Um, but yeah, there, there's, for the most part, like if I if I actually find a challenge in like a combat encounter, like even if I fail a few times, I still like try as many times as I can to actually like win. So oh yeah, um, it's definitely fun in that regard. Um, yeah, again, very warning stuff. The world is massive. I don't even. There was one of these um clips, which. <laughs> It's not related um but there was like one <laughs> there was like one of these clips where it was a um where i actually had i like pulled up the map and this is like this is like eight hours in mind you mike so i'm like i'm pulling up the map and like i'm like looking at it, i'm like dang like there's really still a lot to explore and then i zoomed out this is a very big world <laughs> and i did not realize <laughs> until like a good like six to eight hours in um yeah, it, it 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 was it was one of these oh. um <laughs> that um if I find it I'll show the show the people but uh yeah oh yeah you can fly Look yeah that's pretty cool fly. um be on a broom yeah flying's really fun in this game flying I, I love the broom mechanics I think it's pretty dope um yeah it makes exploring the world fun makes it less tedious which is um one thing I, there was one there was at one point I was forgetting I had a broom so I'm like running around. But then it hit me like, wait a minute, I have a, I have a mount essentially <laughs> that I could just like, yeah. I can fly at any point. Um, but, and I say mount, there actually are like legitimate mounts, like beasts and animals that you can actually oh, use for flight. Cool. I haven't seen any of that yet or encountered that, but that is a thing. Um, not far enough along in yet for that. I'm just doing a broom, but that stuff's fun. Um, yeah, just, I mean, the, the world is interesting. I mean, I'm just walking around, like I'll be. I'll just be like, I'll get sidetracked a lot and just like see like, oh, there's like a village here. Like, hey, there's like a castle here. Let me explore it. That kind of thing, which that's where the RPG really comes out and shines. I think the most in this game It's like, oh, I just get yeah. distracted and then go off and do something. Um, that's been a lot of fun. That's been very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, overall, I think it's um at least right now I'm 10 hours in and I can't wait to play like 30, 40 more. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty yeah, good. That's it's cool. It's holding my attention. It's um it's uh pretty fun um yeah customization stuff like that too i mean you see i mean i'm showing the gear screen here i mean you see in this screen there's something i again i didn't realize until a little bit later was that um because like I, I was getting all this really good gear right but i put it on i'm like this looks ugly like i do not like this and so <laughs> i realized you can actually at any point change the appearance of any item 
So if oh, you want to, if you want to use a different skin, or if you not, if you just want to use no skin and just have like, like for instance, gloves. If I if I just want to use my hand, like if I just want my hands to show no gloves, I can set that at any point. So like that stuff's really cool. It's again adds to the customization, adds to you know kind of making the character your own, which I love. Um, and I was really glad I found that out because like a lot of these skins, I was just like, dude, this is like, this just throws off the outfit. You know what I'm saying? I can't be fashionable. So, um, <laughs> it's all about having fashion when it comes to that. <laughs> saying, dude. Um, dude, yeah, you just murk that wolf. Dude, oh man, some of the spells were so good. Um, it's fun just like picking up enemies, like bring them to you, or just like throwing them away, and like using fire spells and burning them. Like I, I yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It's very fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, one thing I will say. The game doesn't have quidditch we knew it wasn't gonna have quidditch yeah the way they do it in the story i think like it was like kind of very basic it's like at the beginning of the game when you first get to hogwarts you go in to like right before you select the house you're in the headmaster is like by the way there was i, I think he said something like there was like an accident or there was something unexpected yeah. so we're not having quidditch this year and like everyone in the school's like oh but like in the back of my head i'm just like this is how they write off quidditch this is how they do it but um but yeah, so who knows? I would love to see either DLC expansion of Quidditch or a Quidditch standalone game. I think it'd be bad. I, I think it'd be amazing, you know? That could be pretty cool. There's a lot of potential for it. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people that are obsessed with Quidditch, man. There are people that play Quidditch IRL in colleges. So <laughs> it's definitely worth looking yeah. into. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there, there's also puzzles and stuff. I mean, there's um, there's some puzzles too where... Um, you essentially have like portals and if you travel through them, it changes the room and the environment. So like you have to travel oh, through it a certain cool. way to actually like solve the, the riddles and stuff. Um, yeah, I man, I showcase it, I think a little bit here, but it's kind of like, you see there's a platform there, but if I travel through it this way and I look back, there's like no platform <laughs> and it's like only through like the portal. So, oh wow. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of those kind of puzzles where you kind of have to go back and forth. It reminds me of, um. I think God of War did some stuff like this that I, I really loved, where it was like, you know, you had through the different, like, kind of grass archways, if you went through them a certain way, it changed the environment, so it's it's kind of a way to manipulate and figure out what works. Um, but yeah, God of War did this really well. This game does it really well, so I love that. Um, but yeah, overall, 10 hours in. Enjoying the game. Excited to play more. I'm going to be grinding this game for God knows how long. There's a lot of content. Um, I've only explored, like, I think like 5%, 10% of the world according to the game, so there's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I saw somebody's tweet, and they said something like they played 23 hours, and they've only gotten to like 30% of the game completion. Something like that. Something. Yeah, I think it's whole some guy that was yeah. like 60-something. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Jesus and he's like, Christ. he's like, yeah, I've only, uh, he's like, I'm not even level 30 yet. <laughs> like, I've had like 60 hours. I'm like, jeez. Um, but yeah, I ain't got a kind of time right now, unfortunately, but Every time, busy, I get, every, yeah, every time I get an opportunity to play, I've been playing recently, so hoping to keep that uh keep that streak going and uh until I beat the game. Perfect, man. Well, I'm excited for you. I know I'm gonna be getting into some single player games coming up. I I intend to finish that Xbox mod, have that completely done. Um I might actually work on that a little bit tonight, depending on if it's easy, if I can get it to work. Um <laughs> I think I have to reset my computer to do that because I have to actually like plug in the SATA, plug in the uh, the power connector and everything. So probably don't want to do that while the computer's running. <laughs> probably um, not. 
yeah, I'll check. I'll check that kind of stuff out. Uh, I need to make a list of all the games that I intend on completing. I'm gonna. I think that's gonna be my goal for the year. There are plenty of games that I really want to finish, that I even have installed like on my computer that I have not gotten to yet. And it's actually pretty embarrassing. Like, I'll pull this up right now. Like, one of the games that I need to get on is why is my thing all messed up? Uh, it's not shown because it's not installed anymore, but at one point it was. It's a single-player horror game that came out like three years ago, and I've been waiting on for ages. <laughs> it's like, there's so many games on Game Pass now, like Scorn. I wanted to get to Scorn at some point. I wanted True. to get to Elden Ring at some point. And then what ends up happening is I got stuck into eSports, and I, like that consumed all my free time. But now it's like, well, I'm pretty much done after next week. It's like, so we got the podcast, my own personal streaming of whatever I want to do and content creation, and then uh, playing games that I want to play. So that's that's going to be my future for 2023, and I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Oh, dear, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, like, uh, Atomic Hearts is on my radar, I think, too, for next week. I mean, that's, that's another game I want to play that's coming out on Game Pass. So. Yeah. I found a lot it. Coming out. Those Who Remain. That's Those the game I want to get to. Yep. Interesting. Nice Interesting. nice little horror game. Yeah. It's been out for a minute as well. They've been updating it periodically. Sort of. Putting on uh it was like an indie game almost, basically. I digress though. I think that pretty much covers up uh this week in review, don't you? I think so. Alright, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this has been episode 6. We're in the new season. We appreciate everybody listening. We are now going to be on Sirius XM. That's something I found out right before this podcast. So, I gotta double check that to make sure it goes live. It usually takes a couple of days. So, if we can get on that platform, that'd be pretty awesome. I think that's like one of the most widely streamed platforms in the world, actually. Um, for yeah. subscription purposes. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to to see that happen. But without further ado, we do have links in the description every single time. We have timestamps for the topics always in the description. It's easiest to see on YouTube and Spotify and Anchor. Um, I did notice there are some formatting issues on other platforms, but the information's all there. And if you want to reach us, we have Twitters, we have Discord, we have everything. Follow the Twitter account. We need to post more on there, Kyle. Yeah, that's, we do. That's a that's another goal, man. Yeah, there's some hot takes I want to make, and I'm just like, I can make it on the personal account, but maybe we should start doing it on the podcast account. So every now and again, just throw it out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Have a good time. Well, without further ado, we'll let you guys go. Thank you for listening. This has been the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anthony. My co-host, Kyle Heath. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.